0: to CYC podcast discussions on child and youth care, episode number 170. I'm Wolfgang Bashan. We are continuing the conversation that I started in October with Harry and Melanie, um, who are both uh, adults who had lived in the child welfare system and were part of a research project uh, photo voice research project called Relationships Matter for Youth Aging Out of Care. And in this uh, part of our conversation, we are going to discuss uh, Photo Voice and discuss the findings that came out of the research uh, project. Melanie is uh, uh, currently a PhD student at McGill in uh, social work and uh, the This project is part of her PhD research, and Harry is a student at UBC um, in political science and uh, a former youth in care who was a co-researcher on this project. Was there anything I missed in the introduction, Melanie and Harry? Uh, No. No, excellent. Thank you both for um, coming back, sticking around, staying with me um, for this extended interview i um i didn't want to cut it off um melanie in october you you talked briefly about sort of what photovoice is um or you introduced it but i wonder if you could tell us um what it is um uh, as a research uh, approach
1: photovoice basically uses i guess documentary methodology as well as photography to answer a research question or look further into um, a social issue. So in, in this case, it was on uh, long-term supportive relationships for youth who are aging out of care. And what I liked um, about photo voice is that um, it's more than just, um, I guess, findings or you know, statistics or numbers um, on a page. It's an artistic way of showing the world and the audiences that we're trying to reach um, the experiences of youth uh, who have care experience through their own eyes. And so it allows for the co-researchers to really control the story that gets put out there, the narrative that gets put out there, and really uh, puts people, the viewers, uh, into their shoes uh, because they're literally looking at their outlook um, on the world on this particular issue. Something that really struck me, um, that really encouraged me to want to do this type of approach is also that it involves the community at the end of the project. At the end of our project, we held a photo exhibit event uh, at a local gallery at Roundhouse uh, in downtown Vancouver and invited the community at large to come. It was open and free. We invited uh, family uh, members, friends, frontline workers and community organizations and government agencies. We invited uh, ministers from uh, various ministries. We had provincial directors there, regional directors there, representatives from um, the Child and Youth Advocates Office. So uh, it was actually quite powerful the, for to close the project that way. And we also were able to get some media attention uh, re- surrounding this event and get the word out there um, about what it, what it is that we were doing and what key messages we wanted the general public to be aware of, as well as uh, key politicians and policy decision makers.
0: Nice. I dare say you had more people at that than 98% of all PhD research will ever see. Um, it's just not, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as somebody who engages with, with research pretty frequently, um, that is not the common experience to have uh, that, that sort of a turnout for, for research findings. So, way to go. Uh, Harry, what, what does the process look like? So, Melanie talked about, you know, taking photographs, but what sort of, how did that work? And, and what was your experience in that?
2: Uh, well, initially, um, we did get training on how to take photos. And we're given cameras, each of us, to go out and to take photos of what we thought mattered to us. And I, initially, I would say for myself, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, mm-hmm. I took a lot of photos, I wasn't initially happy with it. But um, we had this kind of reiterative process this process of coming up and meeting up every, every week or I think, I think it was three hours and we'd have food and we'd talk and we show some photos and we get to talk about the themes that would emerge. And initially it was a bit rough. Um, part of the reason why is um, we just don't know each other. We're mm. kind of in a room with strangers that we've never met and we all had different backgrounds and experiences and personalities and in different ways of relating, um, and it was also, on another level, uh, difficult as well to have these very intimate conversations about trauma. I think that was a the big theme that came up. And um, trying to identify support networks, um, that in itself sometimes can be a very difficult process if, if those things are not easily identifiable in one's life. So, But I, I would say overall... Uh, at the end of it we we all were developing um, very in-depth analysis and like interconnections between a lot of issues that went beyond living in the youth and care system um, that touched on subjects of housing touched on subjects of uh, poverty and um, um, and, a, and a whole host of other interlocking factors that um that consists of the world we live in today. So uh, I would say in the end of it, we really made stronger connections with each other. And we also made um, very great works of art that had a political message behind it. Absolutely.
0: Was there direction, Harriet, sort of what to take and um, how do you decide what to photograph?
2: Um, From what I can remember, um um, we were just taking photos of whatever came to mind but as we were doing that and as we met up um we common themes were coming up and i remember melanie writing them down on the board as we would have these discussions and um so it was more of a kind of an emergent process we didn't really have a particular idea that came in mind besides relationships that mattered But as we did the process, it became a lot more clear that um, there was a very strong commonality of very specific types of relationships um, that mattered to us as a group. Mm
0: -hmm. Melanie, could you speak to some of the unique relationships or important relationships that do matter that came out of the research?
1: Yeah, so... um, in terms of um, how the, the project started, um, I, I did have, I guess, a conceptual framework developed, um, which was basically used kind of as a, a brainstorm start uh, at the be- very beginning of the project. I think it was during maybe the, the first or second session where we kind of looked at uh, the various types of relationships that youth in care have or youth aging out care have and, um, you know, what um, those relationships do and, uh, you know, what types of uh, capital you can access through those relationships and things like that. But it was very much just a, a, a brainstorm exercise and a starting point. So I wanted to leave it really open uh, for, for the co-researchers to really come up themselves uh, with the type of relationships that matter to them. Um, and uh, we did provide some training at the beginning as well. Uh, there was a professional photographer that came in um, that had experience with Photo Voice and had mm-hmm. it also experience working in the youth and care advocacy community mm-hmm. uh, to just explain um, not just how to take photos and you know shading and settings on the camera and all that, but also to talk about you know what what is Photo Voice, how do you take a photo in a Photo Voice context, so how do you relay. Mm-hmm emotions and messages um, through photography. So some youth um, decided, you know, to just take uh, as many photos as they could or wanted um, during each week um, and then kind of reflect on those after. And some others decided that they wanted to stage uh, photos that had a very specific message and they had these ideas um, kind of Predetermined before they took the photo, so there there was various ways of going about it. Um, and again, it was very open. I wanted um, the the youth co researchers to really feel like they had uh, you know creative leeway in terms of uh, the 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 work that they would put into this project. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that came forward and that wasn't necessarily um, a given for me when I first started, like for example, when I came up with the research question in the proposal um, and the preliminary kind of conceptual framework, was that uh, relationships that weren't with humans <laughs> came mm. up. Um, so relationships uh, with animal companions came up with pets, um, and were seen as uh, you know really being more than just a pet. We we're seen as family members. Mm. Um and you know the the capacity of having unconditional love um, in a relationship, and also uh, relationship with culture um and the land and spirituality came up, mm. which is not necessarily connected in itself to a human being um, but does lead to connections to others who share you know this common connection. To, to those things, um, so these are things that were, I guess, uh, a bit surprising that came up um, in the in the findings uh, and in the photos. That and those things aren't necessarily talked about in the literature when you look at social support networks of youth aging out of care. Usually, it's mostly focused on relationships with adults, with peers, um, and caregivers, and and maybe uh, intimate relationships, but not um, really focused on non-human relationships, which, which uh, in the findings, you know, came up as being just as, if not more important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really quite struck by that uh, the, the the prevalence of the the non-human relationships, and, I, and it's something that's been I've been coming across quite a lot frequently uh, in some of my own research with uh, young people in the care system who are now working. In the social service system, um, I had a conversation just earlier today with somebody else who, um, you know, grew up in the care and, and got a dog for the first time seven months ago, and it's and it's transformed her life. And and talking about wanting to explore this more, and and so absolutely, you know, it, it is very very present um, uh, in the lives of, of young people who are system involved. But absolutely, you know, there's a real uh, lack of. Um, research around it i'm curious um, i want to talk about your findings you identify uh, about a dozen findings that you have um i just like to try to understand how it goes from you know here's a camera harry go and take photographs to um you know here are 12 uh, uh findings based upon you know, sort of what what is that that you know, uh, magical process between walking, Harry walking down the street, and a report for the representative of of children and youth?
1: Uh, Well, there's there's very much a, uh, it's not necessarily magic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's very much, you know, a a specific process uh, that we followed um, to to do the photo uh, contextualization and analysis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so basically um after I guess I I think it was six weeks or so of um of photography uh taking, um we started uh doing um thematic analysis of the themes mm. that were coming out of the, the photos. So every week um while the photos were being taken, um we would meet uh on Saturday afternoons for three hours. And every week um, each co-researcher was asked to share one or two photos that they had taken to date um, that they wanted to share with the group um, that they felt were important um, and that they wanted to be submitted uh, in consideration for the photo exhibit event at Mm. the end of the project. And there was a a specific series of questions that would be asked um, of the the youth co-researchers based on the photos that they shared So uh, one of the questions was, you know, why are you sharing this particular photo? Why is it meaningful to you? How does it connect to the research question? What uh, relationship is being, uh, you know, uh, shown through this this image? Uh, What's the key message? Um, And then um, another question that was asked as well um, was, you know, how does this um, photo and the themes that are coming out of this photo situate um how you view the world around you um and what recommendations for change would would you suggest come out of this that come out of this photo so i uh recorded uh, i already recorded all these sessions um and i transcribed um basically every photo contextualization um of the photos that were submitted during these sessions and then i i sent those uh, transcripts uh, accompanied by the photos they had submitted to each useful researcher uh, for them to uh, verify and for them to approve, uh, because I wanted to also leave room for them to say, okay, no, actually, I want to change uh, this uh, quote or I want to uh, redact something, or, you know, I really wanted them to have full control of uh, the narrative, even at the transcript level. Um, so once all the photos were uh, submitted and we contextualized them, uh, and the transcripts were handed out, um, as towards I think the, the last um, three weeks of the project, we started doing thematic analysis based on the transcripts of the photos. Uh, so that's where the thematic analysis came about, um, and the 12 themes kind of started emerging uh, from that analysis process we did it uh as a group um and uh at the photo exhibit event we presented uh some recommendations stemming from those uh themes um and i refined them further after um the the data collection phase was over um to come up with 12 uh theme, common themes that were emerging from the photographs And and again, I did this completely collaboratively with the group, I always uh, was transparent of uh, what was coming up and what I was writing and um, everyone had the chance to take a look at it and provide feedback before anything was submitted publicly.
0: Nice, nice. I just, I I just wanna read for the listeners what your question was, uh, this is what I'm reading from the, uh, the report from the representative's office. Um, so the question was: What kind of relationships are perceived by youth who have quote aged out and quote of care as supportive of their transition to adulthood, and how can those relationships be developed and nurtured in the long term? What kind of relationships are perceived by youth, and how can be developed and nurtured in the long term? Um, what What were some of the findings that you came up? With, and, I, and I really appreciate your, 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 your detailed explanation for step-by-step explanation because I think often people do think of research as a sort of magical, mysterious thing that, that happens that you know, the researcher goes away and all of a sudden, you know wisdom you know, floats down, but it actually is quite a, a structured uh, process, you know, different methods you use. Um, so, what were uh, a couple of the findings that really stuck out, either you or Melanie, um, you, Melanie, or, or Harry? And then finally, what were some of the recommendations? Uh,
1: maybe, Harry, I'll get you to talk about um, maybe a finding or two that struck you or that um, you, you resonated with you, um, just because I already kind of talked about uh, non human relationships and how that was a major finding
2: right and can you you remind me of the other findings that we that we
1: had uh we had uh animal companions uh accessible uh affordable and safe housing connection to the land cultural spirituality uh, relationships with siblings extended family parent-like mentors um, intergenerational foster care and breaking that cycle mental health, alternative medicines and therapies and healing, um, trauma informed practice, uh, youth centered decision making, uh, investing in interests, talents, and strength, peer-led advocacy and support, um, expanding the definition of community and uh long term unconditional support and nurturing.
2: Right. Um <laughs> That's a
0: lot. <laughs> one of the things that we were, I don't know if you want to talk about this, Harry, but one of the things that we were, we were talking about earlier was around youth-centered decision-making and trauma-informed practices. Um, I'm not sure if either of those resonated and, and something that you said earlier uh, around, um, resonated for me around this idea of connection to land, but I, those are just the things that I wonder about, but obviously, you. Choose
2: whatever you want. Right. Um yeah, I think that um I think that going through the the foster system for the most part does take away all all 12 of those connections. Mm-hmm. Um and so to kind of state it negatively, um yeah, going through the system, you're very much atomized, you're very much isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what makes youth in care a very specific uh, identity and demographic is that um, we're, not, we're not a visible community in the sense that you can walk down the street and visit. Um, so and care It's not that you can walk down
0: the street and what?
2: Oh, so I think that uh, for youth in and from care, they constitute a, a, a social identity Mm-hmm. Um, that is invisible mm-hmm. for one part y- you can't walk down the street and immediately identify a former youth in care um, there's no visible markings for this kind of social experience um, this kind of social identity um, and furthermore uh, going through the system you're also isolated from other former youth in care um, some people may be in group homes but for the most part uh, this demographic does not really have an opportunity to uh, really connect with others who have shared a similar experience in mm-hmm. care. Um, and so that has a very profound effect on our sense of self, um, uh, our sense of well-being, and also our place in the world. And, and I think I, I want to re-emphasize this, um, this point of the importance of um, meeting other forms youth in care. Um, as a healing process, as a process of identity formation, um, of the process of meeting people who have a similar experience in which you can relate to. And that in itself is something that takes a lot of isolation away. And that isolation is built into the system itself. Mm -hmm. And so um, overall, I I think that... um, by getting involved with advocacy, especially youth and care advocacy, um, we're able to, yeah, kind of do similar things like other social movements, like consciousness raising with the mm-hmm. feminist movement, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but not not only that, but like we're also able to mobilize and to uh, connect with um, the broader youth and care community that is, has multiple intersecting intersecting di- identities, and so. What I find really interesting with this kind of community is that it's very diverse, and as such, when we come together through a commonality of common experience, we can really talk about these interlocking systems of oppression and really connect the dots in terms of how to make a better world, a better place um, for relationality going forward. Mm.
0: That's that's yeah, really um, well said, and, and and I think is yeah so.
1: Yeah, and, and that, kind of that, that really, ca- that, what Harry's talking, oh, sorry, what Harry's talking about um, really is interdependence,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and that's, that's something that, you know, came out of the findings, too, was that there is a strong desire there uh, uh, from youth uh, who have care experience for interdependence. Um, so interdependence means, you know, you're, there's a give and take in connections and relationships, and there's a strong desire there um, for youth who have care experience to give back to the youth in care community, so that uh, you know the newer generations going through the system hopefully um, can have you know better supports and, and better access to the the services that they need. Um, so it, it, there's really a strong desire there to improve um, you know the system uh, and make a difference for the generations to come.
0: Uh, just as we wrap up, Melanie, are there any, I mean, there's a lot of recommendations. I think you have over 30, 35 recommendations, 34 recommendations. Um, are any of them, uh, I mean, I, I will link to this report as well um, and encourage people to, to read through, um, if not the full report, at least the executive summary. Um, uh, are there any recommendations in particular that you want to speak to before we wrap up our conversation?
1: Yeah, I think um, the one that uh, is focused on uh, interdependence mm-hmm. and uh, long term support uh, and nurturing. Um, you know, getting cut off from relationships, uh, from people that you've known um, in, during your time in the system and who have supported you and cared for you, um, being cut from those types of relationships just because you turned 18 or 19, um, really it's, it's unfair, mm-hmm. um, it's unjust, and in my opinion, inhumane, mm. um, and really should completely disappear um, from legislation, um, and a youth should be supported throughout their whole lives and have relationships, social support networks throughout their whole lives, just like kids who aren't in care do. Absolutely. Um, and but at least you know that'll take take probably my lifetime if not longer to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you know extend the aging out care aging out of care age to 25. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That could be a start, um, and that's something that came out of the recommendations, and that um, a lot of the co researchers um, felt really strongly about was that. Um 18 or 19 is way too young. Mm-hmm. Um in this day and age, you're you're really still just a kid. Yeah. Um and because of that cutoff, we're forced to become kind of instant adults and we really don't get to be kids. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the in the work that I'm doing with practitioners from care, you know, I interview people from their um 60s down to the 20s, and and that sense of isolation and sense of community um, simultaneously. Um, you know, it, it's like you said, um, Harry. You sort of, you people walk around without without necessarily knowing. And as you start to converse, you know, yeah, there's, it's amazing once you start to open up and uh, listen um, how people from from care exist and so many so many so many facets of the of the world um, and passing by and so there's many people who i've known for years who i had no idea were um, from care because because it's not actually spoken about in, in, in a number of places um, and there isn't that that long-term connection necessarily
1: yeah there's stigma also yeah. associated with it and sometimes people don't feel comfortable self-disclosing um, that they've been in care because of that attached stigma
0: absolutely, um,
1: and that's something that uh, definitely needs to be addressed um, and that's part of the reason why, you know, we, we did this project was also to inform the general public um, on the issue and to, you know, make them aware that aging out is a thing. Yeah. Uh, because most, most people from the general population think aging out means, you know, retiring from old age.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't necessarily click uh, into, oh, this is a thing for kids who have been in care. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, it's part, of, part of the project is also developing, you know, a, a social awareness on this issue.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Melanie, Harry, I want to thank you both so, so much for for your your time—a um, long time you, you you've given to us. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap up our conversation?
1: I'm good. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you both for for taking the time, and uh, I look forward to uh, reading your your final dissertation, Melanie, at some point in time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I laugh because it takes forever. Anyway, <laughs> I've been working on this for nearly a year, uh, the dissertation. The, the report came together much much quicker than my dissertation is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. <laughs> All right, thank you both. Take care of yourselves and bye-bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, that was excellent. That was great. Um, I'm, I'm so, so happy. I'm so appreciative of your extended time. Um, yeah, lots of really, really, really great stuff in there. I think people will, will really appreciate it. Um, any, 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 there's no flubs or f- anything that
2: you need to edit out or anything
0: like that, I don't think? either of you? Um, I'm okay,
2: I'm not, I
0: think.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, um, I think I may have tripped up on a few words here and there. Oh, yeah, but, um. So did I, so not to worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I trip up all the time, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good, it was good. Uh, thank you both. It will be, I'll put part one up at the end of October. Um, okay. So we're, we're way ahead, so it, it won't be up for, you know, uh, until the end of the month. But I'll send you, uh, I'll send you both an email um, when it's up. And then uh, again, we'll probably put part two up uh, in November. Uh, and last, the only reason that would uh, change would be um, if I get if I get too many interviews, then I'll put it up sooner. Um, but I'll let you know if that happens. Okay, thanks. Awesome. Thanks,
1: Sarah, on social media.
0: Please do, please do. And uh, you have no problem with me linking stuff from the, the website, name hey, Melanie?
1: No, please do. Uh, there's also a project video and addition yes. to this ebook uh please link those things uh it's really important for for people to be aware of all the things we've been doing
0: absolutely absolutely i'll put i'll put links to all of it and the video is great by the way. the okay all right thank you both great thank thank you you, harry
1: for taking the time super appreciate it thank you
0: so much it was great all right of course bye
1: bye
2: okay